Welcome to the Global Digest on this 26th day of June the year 2023. My name is Davis Ayaga and I'm joined by Labanon Ambisi, my colleague who is sitting in for Farid Kimani who is away. And on uh, this episode's edition of the Global Digest, we'll be digesting on the local scene on uh, Moses Kuria with these attacks on media. And uh, we will be digesting on uh, trying to find out who will eventually get to tame the cabinet secretary who has been on a rampage with these attacks against the media. And uh, topic number two will be dealing with the tough times ahead as uh, President William Bruto ascends the Finance Bill 2023 into law. And lastly, we'll be handling the ocean gate adventure to the ocean that turned tragic welcome to you our dear listener and laban wanambisi thank you if you want to rattle a snake you must be prepared to be bitten by it so that is the former internal Security Minister, the late John Michuki, who ordered a police raid at the standard offices back in 2006, resulting in the mistreatment of journalists and destruction of private property. Reflecting on the recent behaviour of the Trade Cabinet Secretary Moses Kuria, who has been launching relentless attacks on the media, it is crucial to acknowledge that Kuria, like previous police, will ultimately fail and it will be the media that documents his political downfall. However, until then, Korea must understand that the media's role is to hold the government accountable. We welcome constructive criticism, but not insults and unwarranted attacks. That's my perspective as we begin digesting Korea's unbecoming behavior. Laban, what are your general thoughts regarding this whole debacle with Moses Korea? I don't know where to start after after your editorial. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I, uh, so I don't know where to start in the sense that do you start with every person as has has uh, the freedom of expression, but I think you need also to know exactly at what point those freedoms um, those freedoms usually end or start at. Yes. So in this case, yes, um, the the CS has has um, a right to express his displeasure. But I think the 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 problem is arising from the way he's doing it. Um, but if you have ever had a conversation or an engagement with the Honorable CS, you know that he is, um, he speaks his mind. Let me put it like that. He speaks his mind, but I think at some point he needs to remember that he's also someone who's holding an office um, that is entrusted to him by Kenyans. His involvement in controversies is nothing new. Throughout the years, he has consistently been associated with hate speech and ethnic contempt. In fact, his recent attack on the media following the publication of the Audible Oil scandal by the National Media Group has once again highlighted his questionable character. The pressing question here remains is who will be able to rein him in and hold him accountable for his actions considering over the years he continues to fashion his character and behavior as that of being the poster child of bad language and verbal attacks against unnecessarily uh, organizations and even as now the media. Uh, 
um your your question reminds me of um uh, the many times um Moses Kuria has had to respond to um the then NASA NASA team and then uh the then code team he usually had this statement every reaction every action has a counter reaction so it's more or less what uh, the late Michukia said um if you rattle a snake you must be prepared to to bite it um however how how i think the engagement is the way you should you should deal with it now for instance in this case how do you deal with it there is the media council yes the media council has a complaints um a complaints committee that you can basically take your complaint there and say i am aggrieved on these areas and both sides will be called to basically adduce their evidence if you if you if you talk to the media council um um officials they will tell you they have dealt with certain issues and sometimes they have actually had to tell media media institutions that yes you are on the wrong and we need you to make an apology in this and this way now for instance in this case everyone has their own side of the story yeah and i think the only time we will get to hear who has the uh, who has one side and who has the other side or who has the truth is probably in parliament when parliament probably takes it over and everyone has to come and unfortunately most of the time the media does not get to sit on is does not get to be questioned by parliamentarians on what they have done so unfortunately the the person who will be on the seat is the cs alone and the cs alone again the media is the one who will come out and tell kenyans this is what he said so at this point i think it is more of if moses kuria feels aggrieved he goes to media council or he see uh, both sides seek an independent arbiter who will basically try and sort out these things because i don't think we are helping each other even by the president and his deputy coming out and saying we are we are ready to fight media you you ideally don't fight the messenger because you will need him one day to take your message to someone else and that's how, that you need people to believe what your message is but if you're fighting him you'll have a problem but, but in the midst of all these controversies and the firestorm that Moses Kuria is 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 in at at, at, at presently he remains unapologetic and mm-hmm. president william ruto we saw him come out in defense of him saying that moses kuria did nothing wrong he was just exercising his freedom of speech by saying what he thinks needs to be done mm-hmm. and uh, this is what the president had to say lavan before you give in your input i saw one uh, journalist saying the president should defend us from moses kuria that's fine i will do my bit but i want to ask them so who is going to defend me from rogue media because i go through hell all the time <laughs> yeah so i think we need a fair balance and i think if they are feeling pain about what others say about them it should tell them there are people who feel pain when they write falsehood about others and i hope this will enable us to calibrate what we say either way against other people for other people i think it will really bring us together i think when you listen to the president there are so many issues that come into your mind first of all rogue media what is the definition of rogue media and from where you sit do you think this such statements coming from the president are, are, are they the ones that have that are emboldening 
the likes of Moses Kuria to be on a, on a, on 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 attacking spree, calling us names, the media that we are rogue, we are not doing our job, we are in bed with the opposition, such kind of stuff. It sounds more a bit like when he was on campaign mode. When he was on campaign mode, when him and his deputy believed that the media was against them. And unfortunately now when you hear him speak, uh, during the interview that he did um, with um, our sports editor, uh, with our sports um, uh, uh, presenter, Sean Cordovilles in Naivasha, he actually said at one point he is willing to defend the media, but he he's also concerned that if he defends the media without defending the other side, what will who will defend him? Now the question begs: Is Moses Kuria basically doing this at um, with the permission of the president? Now that is another conversation, because if he is basically he has been sent out to do this on behalf of the president then it's it's a really sorry state but at the at at the core of this thing is the president is supposed to more or less be the person who is the mediator he should have been more or less telling the media and Moses Korea you guys should find a way to to work together and Moses Korea is not is not uh, a stranger to to the media organi- to the media institutions uh, on on an on and off basis we have had a good relationship with him Moses Kuria is one such man and one such leader who just to remind our our our, our listeners Moses Kuria once used the f word on national television and he has also walked out during a live interview we are taking a quick short commercial break we'll be back with Moses Kuria drama Capital FM. All right, we are back. This is Global Digest with me, Devi Sayaga, and my colleague, Laban Wanambisi. So, Laban, we are still talking about this whole issue of Moses Kuria and his uh, taste for attacking the media. So, we've seen President William Ruto, his bosses, and his deputy, Ricardo Gashagua, being consistent with the salvos against the media. They have previously, during the campaigns, they were very vocal that the media was in bed with the opposition and even getting into office 10 months later, they still insist the media is in bed with the Azimio coalition. When you hear such talks from the country's topmost leadership, should it worry you? And because, uh, most importantly, because will this is, is this what is foiling the couriers of this world and the like to attack the media presently. The one thing that I think um, has more or less helped the media through through time is the fact that media practitioners now know how to stand up for themselves. And social media is also one of those things that is giving you um, power to fight back, right? And in this instance you 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 saw the editors guild the kenya union of journalists um media owners association basically coming out and saying no that is not right whatever you've said is not right and we will not take it uh lying down we 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 have said uh, one of our members have said something they have published something and they have uh call it they have um evidence to, to support their claims. They have facts to support their claims. Now, basically, the best way for, what you call, for Korea or for the presidency to have 
to respond would have been to also put down their facts on on the pap- on table and say this is what this is what is there this is what and for the president we saw him do it um when he was uh, the deputy president for instance with the issue with the Aro um Aro dam he came out and he said no money has been lost by the way this is it this is it this is it and for instance the issue with the edible oil it's something that you can simply just put down on paper and say no here are the facts this is how much we've spent nothing has been lost or the process is at this level i mean moses kuri has previously been charged with hate speech and recently as of last week on wednesday the high court gagged him against further insults and attacks against the media but we are seeing a moses kuria who is determined really to continue with his onslaught against the media and as 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 of thursday just immediately after the court order was given moses kuria was back at it again is it a case are we seeing a case of a rogue government official who has the backing of the system and knows very well that there's nothing really that will be done against him if he continues with these attacks i i cannot i cannot speak to whether he's rogue or not but maybe one of the things that i've seen over the years people usually hide behind is they have not been served yeah and if you look at that uh, at those proceedings one of the things that the the judge said is you must serve uh Moses Kuria and you must serve the um, the the AG and other 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 parties involved and then uh, Moses Kuria himself also went to court and uh, obtained a similar order against media uh, institutions um not to report him in bad light and so as it stands um the ceasefire in courts that's where it is so we don't talk about you you don't talk about us we can live peacefully um until the 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 next the next step is taken so i think at that point we can maintain that kind of that kind of peace but but be that as it may mm-hmm. <laughs> Moses Kuria if he were to be in a civilized nation mm-hmm. he would have resigned but in in our Kenyan context resignations are as as things that are, are are really a rarity because we have never seen a public official resign because of their statement so going forward i think from from where you sit what do you think really needs to be done to ensure that Moses Kuria and other government officials need to be tamed their 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 verbal attacks need to be really tamed to ensure that we run in a space where what we the media are doing is is respected and the criticism that the leaders the public officials are giving out there is positive criticism i think it usually it would have started in 2012 2013 with the um, leadership and integrity act being um being being adhered to but i think when you have when we had that ruling then it kind of just watered it down um most of the time i usually feel that like that chapter in the constitution it's just there as as a suggestion like no one really looks at it and and says yeah this is what i should i should i should live up to right because if really we lived up to it 
there are some people who should not be in elective office or in government to to begin with right and you can see most of the times when 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 an approval process is being carried out by parliament or um someone has been shortlisted for a job one of the things that members of the public usually front is this person does not meet leadership and integrity act but who then is supposed to to enforce that it's ESCC and even last week when uh, the cs um, had had that out, outburst one of the people who who came out was um the ESCC ceo who wrote to the presidency and said i don't think this is the way a cs should conduct himself in public Nairobi Senator Edwin Sifuna has filed a censure motion against Moses Kuria in the Senate, factoring in the prevailing political situation in the country and the inability by the Senate to prosecute a censure motion against a cabinet secretary. Is this an exercise in futility and what what, what exactly are the intentions of the Nairobi Senator? I think first and foremost he's, he it is to more or less chatter swimming in in new waters in the sense that it has not been done before that someone will try to get um, um a cs out through the the senate um because one of the things that is provided for is that process should be should happen through the national assembly so when it is happening through the cs i would actually want to see it, to see how it's going to execute it and how the speaker of the senate will actually handle that particular process um i'm not sure whether because in in the previous parliament in the previous um in the two previous uh, occasions people would only use parliament as as the definition is it's the senate and national assembly so they would really interchange it but i, I would wait to see how how it's going to go about it and also the mere fact that um the current uh, attorney general uh Justin Muturi was then speaker in the national assembly when um i think it's Linturi or yeah. uh, yeah. Alfred Geter who attempted to 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 have um uh, what you call a waiguru from yeah yes to be removed to yeah. be removed from office so Linturi yeah, yeah. and mm. basically the speaker now give um th- more or less how the procedure on how to deal with that but he also made it kind of a fortified way of doing it you just don't b- present a motion like it was during the the, the time of caparo or marende you had to br- you are supposed to now bring a motion and provide all the documentation that you will be relying on um and if it is your testimony it should be in form of a sworn affidavit basically making it a proper legal process to get rid of uh, of a cs but um for for sifuna it will be new waters that he is trying to to come up to to swim in but number two, he is also making a political point that yes we may not be able to get you out but we want to show that at least we tried so that um, they always say it is better you try and fail than never to try at all because at the end of the day someone will always ask you but what did you do to hold him to account yeah so when when history looks back they'll see senate tried but failed is there a possibility that Moses Kuria's 
recent verbal attacks against the media are a ploy to divert public's attention from the pressing issues that the country is facing, like the high cost of living, like uh, the prices of basic commodities are skyrocketing every day. Is this a deliberate move by a section of leaders in government to try to divert the public's attention from the key issues which we are facing as a country? Talk about the high inflation, uh, the depreciation of the dollar, among a host of other things, Laban. If it was, then they are failing miserably because you. how do you bring <laughs> such um, an issue on the same week that the finance bill was being debated? All eyes were on the finance bill. I mean... I think the issue here is they're uh-huh. trying to sustain that agenda, that the media is in bed with the opposition, the media is failing on its mandate to ensure that we report accurately and transparently because really President William Ruto and his deputy regarding Lashagwa have been consistent that we are not reporting on the real issue. In fact, as late of yesterday, was it yesterday or the previous day? Regarding Gashagwa said we, we, we did not give coverage to President William Bruto's address when he was in Paris. So do you think this is a sustained agenda by the government to really hoodwink, for lack of a better word, uh, the public, that we, the media, are really not doing the right thing? We are focusing on sideshows and we are in bed with the opposition in trying to ensure that the agenda is not uh, well put out there in the in. In, in the public more like um giving a dog a bad name and hanging it <laughs> right um so yeah they are at that process of giving a dog a bad name right but even if you listen to to Gasha, to the deputy president he actually on uh, on on one occasion say kind of made it you know and he talks he talks as if he's joking but he said you should get used to this we are going to come for you and we are going to more or less to Tawafinya now. Na maninenyu ite, mzoe, mna tugonga kidogo, na situ nawagonga kidogo and then maisha inaendelea. But I, I really don't don't think that should be the kind of relationship you want with the media. Whereby you don't have um you don't have a, a relationship where you can trust each other, where you, 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 you have a, a, a working relationship. Because at some point you will you will need the media, so just as as we do need government for certain um, for certain other other measures when we need when we when we are operating, yeah. So I I think um, at, if we needed a coffee or none or someone like that to just come in in the in the middle and try and mediate this conversation, it will be easy. But I think there is that hangover. Yeah, of and I shouldn't have used the word hangover for people who drink. Who, but anyway, um, there's that 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 feeling from the government side that media did not believe in us, so we must do something to basically show them that we are the guys who are in charge. So I think then the big question is what really needs to be done because we when when we hear of such talks from a cabinet secretary saying that. The government agencies should deny government advertisement revenues. We are, hear- we are hearing of the deputy president, Rigati Gashagwa, telling us that we should now normalize the attacks. I think what really needs to be done is 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 is, is it, it is urgent that something really needs to be done to be done. Mm-hmm. And the big question is who will initiate 
this dialogue between the media and the government? Ideally, it should. Uh, I'm not sure, but I think the mere fact that within media and within government, there are people who have good relationships across board. Um, I'm not sure if there is someone in government who owns a media house. Um, so, but there should be ideally. But even in this, like I said, media council, there's the ombuds ombudsperson's office. Um, which can come in and basically try and and make um, a relationship, this relationship, um, a bit um, tenable. But I don't think we are in the deep seas yet. Okay. We we are just it's uh, more or less. Um, they usually use the the idea of people dancing, right? Um, before you know how to to dance together. Sometimes people step on each other's feet, and sometimes before you get the rhythm properly, you will you will know you will know how to get there. It's uh, it, but I am sure it's just uh, a passing a passing a passing cloud. Next week we'll be talking about something else. Uh, hopefully not another scandal. Okay. But, yeah. Okay. My final question on this one then would be in the light of the reality that Courier is here to stay and that. Uh, he's not going anytime soon to stop from him attacking the media. Should we, the media, make a deliberate or take a deliberate decision and give him a blackout or limited coverage following his constant attacks? Is that something that the media owners, the stockholders, should consider going forward? I usually don't agree with those ideas of um, what do you call it, blackouts and everything, unless it is ordered by the court. Because then it serves no one any purpose. I just think if we address the issues at, at on the table, you can always find a way of dealing with each other, talking to each other rather than at each other. Capital FM. All right, we are back with the Global Digest. My name is Davis Sayaga and I'm with uh, my colleague Labanon Ambisi and we are moving into our second topic of discussion which is the finance bill 2023 which is now law. President William Bruto today assented the controversial bill into law and uh, before the assenting into law there have been there has been a lot of talk surrounding the bill with its contentious and controversial provisions contained in the bill which were passed resoundingly passed by members of parliament, members of the National Assembly last week. So, Laban, the bill is now low and uh, it is uh, it has signaled that we are heading into tough times. Uh, what is your prediction for the future in light of this, considering some of the provisions contained in the bill are very impactful as to how the country's economy, the direction to which the country's economy will be taking going forward? Um, first and foremost, I think if you are you are being real to yourself, the moment the when you and you are listening to the campaigns by the Kenya Kwanza team, you would you'd really have been very sure there are some taxes that would be going up, and even when the, if you listen to the president over and over again, he kept he kept say saying that he will he will look to widen the tax base. Yeah, and he'll more or less the the programs that he kept talking about required a lot of money, and he was saying, "I will not borrow; we will be financing these things ourselves." So I think people people focused more on 
what he said he will do and forgot the financing element or they maybe thought that because he kept walking around looking like father christmas they thought he will be removing money from his own pocket and 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 basically um funding everything but it looks like it will it's going to be um hard time hard times for every one of us i mean you you've had the the prime cabinet secretary and the deputy president basically telling kenyans you'll need to tighten your belt a bit more because we will need more funding from you guys so that we can make government work the one thing that i know it's going to be also um as a source of modicolate uh, a source of uh, battles in the courts because there are certain issues that people are bringing up that they are not in support of for instance um the the issue with the housing housing uh, tax the issue with modicolate uh, the fuel the fuel levy the fuel levy and then this morning i heard that um uh, some uh, some manufacturers were also not happy with a certain um with a certain taxation but before laban we before you before we di- before we digest on some <laughs> specific uh, clauses which are contained in the law now mm-hmm. i mean president william ruto ran on a populist platform during the campaigns he promised kenyans that uh, he will improve our lives and uh, and uh, that uh, he will do as 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 as, as ably that he can to reduce the high cost of living however it seems that the situation is not turning out as expected and and times are going to be difficult at least that we agree mm-hmm. and the majority of Kenyans agree should Kenyans especially the hustlers feel deceived um i'm, I'm not it depends let me just say it depends it depends with whether you 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 understood the message or you liked the person what the person was saying right so if you like the what the person was saying then yes you will be disappointed but if you understood the message you are more likely to go like okay i expected it but not to this extent because even even for us who when we were listening to the speeches when we were listening to the plan we we kept asking where is this money going to come from where is this money going to come from uh, there's a mute team would constantly just tell you f- to fund their manifesto the money will come from the corruption cartels and what not they'll get it from somewhere but president ruto said he when he was clear we'll get this money from within um will should you be disappointed i think it is on a personal level because sometimes i actually um when we send people out, when we send our reporters out for for vox pops you get a uh, varied um reactions and sometimes you really want to ask yourself am i the only one who's in this position and everyone else is okay so what does he need what exactly does he need to do to convince his diehard supporters that he's on track on reducing that high cost of living never mind the prices of maize flour at the shelf of uh, of supermarkets which are now retailing at 200 shillings plus i think that's the place to start because <laughs> ideally that's the one place he told them um when i put the bible down 
I'll deal with I'll deal with the cartels and the price of of unga, the price of cooking fat, the price of sugar will go down. Ten months. Be, yes. Ten months later, nothing uh, to be seen. Yes, but I I think one of the things that or are uh, we being too harsh to the president? Do we see, need to give are, him time? You're actually asking the <laughs> very same question that I find myself asking. Yes. But I think one of the things that keep coming up even now when they are in what they are either ninth or tenth month in 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 in, in, in office is there is this belief that Kenya works on its own that they are th- we are kind of shielded from everything that is happening um around us um for instance during the campaign the president usually used to run away from the fact that the um, the conflict in ukraine is uh, has something to do with what with the the economic situation that we are going through um that we are having a problem coming out of covid but now he actually has to keep on referring to those two issues as 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 is when yes during the campaigns he was very dismissive yes. of the two situations yes. but now he's succumbing to the fact yeah, that the two the situations the the ukraine one and the covid one are tied to our economic misery yes it's yeah. no longer just an, an issue of i i can plan better yes you can plan better but there are other things that are playing um when he signed the deal um with the oil oil exporting countries um basically to try and lower lower the um, the the effect on the dollar um he said give me two weeks and the dollar will 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 drop we are like i don't know probably several months into it and the dollar keeps on going the other way so i think they need to wake up also to there are always other variables outside of kenya that are 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 affecting are affecting our um, affecting how we do business how everything else also plays and i think that whole thing where you're trying to manage expectations is not playing well when you overpromise yeah i think it's now clear now that the bill has been signed into law mm-hmm. president william ruto's administration is coming to to take our 1.5% uh, of uh, income for mm-hmm. those who are salaried employees mm-hmm. The value added tax on petroleum products has gone up from the initial 8% to 16%, mm-hmm. translating to th- prices of products and the prices of services shooting up. So it is clear that the country is headed into tough times ahead. But even as the president continues to be very insistent on his agenda of uh, pushing for his administration programs uh he for, for instance here the housing agenda mm. what does he need to do differently to make kenyans believe that his administration is really on the right track to better the country's economy i think does he need to stop over promising and act on the things he has promised or does he need just to go silent and start doing what he has told us that his administration is going to do you know, because like yeah, sorry so, sorry Lavan, because <laughs> <laughs> like the other day i was having a conversation with someone and he was telling me sunday to sunday we keep on seeing the president on television we keep on hearing the president on our radios and what what we keep on hearing are promises after promises so what next Lavan, for such an individual and for us 
as a country <laughs> <laughs> you know if you are if you are a visitor in this country uh, from another planet you would actually you would be forgiven for believing that uh, the president is actually is actually um seeking re-election because really he he's he is not focusing on one thing i think the one thing that he should have he should do is just decide and i said this before he should actually take it from uh, president uh, president uh, kibaki president kenyatta though he doesn't like him that much but pick something go with it or even president obama he he picked obamacare and that's what he died with so when you leave you live with there's Obamacare. That's what I did. President um, Ruto left with the expressway and what do you call it? The um, the SGR. Um, President Kibaki free education. Um, free education. He is the, apparently he's the one who allowed the importation of the motorbikes that we now see as Boda Boda. But I think he really needs. It's like he needs. He wants to do so much in so little time uh, that phrase that people use masani mambo ni mengi masani machache so he wants to really like do a lot of things in such a little time and i think um like the swahili people say if you chase a lot of things you will end up with none yeah and unfortunately his what do you call him his kitchen cabinet do not seem to advise him on what to on what to follow through on and what not to follow through in but i think he needs he needs just to decide hustler nation is uh, hustler fund it's 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 operating well so now look for something else and i think for this for this whatever for this uh, purpose for this conversation i if i were in issues i think i would try to to look at that thing that i promised people addressing the cost of living D- deal with that you've spoken about the hustler fund and that was my next question because during the first days in office for president william ruto he was very big on hustler fund mm-hmm. and today he acknowledged that uh, the the fund has been a success to date and a total of 31 billion shillings has been borrowed on hustler fund in transforming the small businesses with 7 million users daily i mean from the hustler fund perspective mm-hmm. that is a good thing and then we are now having this whole elephant in the room the housing agenda mm-hmm. so you're giving people money but at the same time you want that money back from the hustlers you want the 1.5% of the of 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 the small money that they are taking from that you're giving them in form of the small loans is there a, is there a case of irony and the president not being very sincere on empowering the hustlers <laughs> <laughs> oh man i think it's it's more of how <laughs> taxation works unfortunately you give some you 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 give some you uh, you take some okay. and the more you have the money in circulation um it it, it kind of helps right. but unfortunately if it is also affecting my spending power then you have a problem and i think um it's one of the conversations that we usually listen to um on tuesday on financial financial focused, focused with uh, danny and ken when they really try to 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 explain how we can get ourselves out of this so in this case i think 
and if you even look um even if you listen to i think last week's episode he one uh, ken was explaining that one of the ways you can get yourself out of this is focus on paying the pending bills yes what does that do it then helps businesses small businesses to more or less move because some of these businesses have collapsed because um, counties owe them money and they have not paid. Government itself owes them money. State agencies owe them money. They have not paid. So now you have this new idea um, through the, the, the presidency of the housing fund, of the housing fund, whereby he's, um, he's making this pitch that if we get, I have investors in mind, that they will come, they will we will give them land and then they will build houses and people will go and work there so by young men young women going to work there money will be generated in in the in the in the economy how it will work i think we'll wait for ken and danny to tell us tomorrow but one of the things one of the ways that he can get uh, he can get everything moving is by basically ensuring that there is there is some sort of um, liquidity in in the in the in the country. Pushia Senator Okio Mtata mm-hmm. is already in court challenging some of the provisions of the bill. So, what are some of the possible outcomes that the court can give uh, from his uh, legal challenge? And how soon can we start seeing some of these controversial provisions in the bill being implemented? For instance, the whole issue of the housing tax. I think with the housing tax, it comes into effect in July. Yeah, um, I was joking with someone in the office that yeah, from July you should start seeing the 1.5, 1.5 um, from your tax and from any uh, employer, em- the employer's uh, contribution. So I think that one comes I- in 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 July. Um, fuel levy in July. Um, basically, anything anything that does not require a regulation, usually when the Finance Act is um, is assented to, it in immediately when this financial year ends, the next financial year, that's when you can officially say that President Ruto is now executing his own budget. Yeah, is there a possibility for the courts to? put a halt on the implementation of some of these provisions like the housing tax and uh, the whole issue of the VAT. Do they have the capacity to put a stop to it until... Ideally, yes, the court can halt the implementation of specific um, provisions of uh, the Act, but it also depends on the prayers of the the people who have gone to court yeah. so yeah so if you didn't ask for what do you call it housing fund the nini fuel levy tax okay. to be to be halted then it it will go on so okay. what will happen basically it is that and it has happened before it will just go back to to what it was previously yeah um but it will be very odd for a court to suspend implementation of the whole finance uh, finance act. I think that's an unlikely. It will be unlikely because yeah. because Okiom Tata has, has, has requested the court to look at some certain provisions. I think here among them is the issue of the housing levy, mm-hmm. housing tax now, mm-hmm. and the whole issue of uh, the VAT now being increased from the current from the initial eight percent to sixteen percent. So clearly, it will it is a wait and see situation, and many Kenyans are hoping that the courts will do them. 
one favor and uh, put put a hold to to, it, it to the implementation. Actually, yeah. It is actually one of those reasons why some Kenyans on on online and even on the streets are looking forward to what um, the opposition leader will say tomorrow. Absolutely. Um, at uh, at his rally. Before before you talk about what he will say, before we speculate on the <laughs> <laughs> on, on 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 some of the things he will say. Clearly, the debate and the subsequent approval of the Finance Bill 2023 was a big test for the Azimio coalition. And unfortunately, despite putting up spirited arguments, spirited fight in the, on the floor of the National Assembly, their colleagues in Kenya Kwanzaa outmaneuvered them. And the bill was subsequently passed by, I think, 184 members of parliament against 84 to 88 members of parliament. So two questions here, Laban. Has President William Ruto effectively gained control over parliament, or better yet, has he captured parliament? Because there's been talk about the members of parliament being referred to as voting machines being uh, also being referred to as puppets of the president. And has the opposition now been rendered ineffective and powerless? In 2013, there was a term that uh, the Jubilee, Jubilee Coalition, then under the, le- under the parliamentary leadership of uh, the current, dual, uh, the current um, defense CS, Aden Duale, coined. They called it the tyranny of numbers. Yes, they used to use that to pass everything. And uh, a few years later, when they realized this thing actually w- was not working in our, in our favor, they started disowning most of the things that were passed, they passed and saying it was Kenya, Uhuru Kenyatta who did it. Yeah. So I think one, some of these things, when the ground becomes a bit too hot, it will be one of those things that um, you find members of parliament in Kenya Kwanzaa running away from responsibility and saying it was Gashago William Ruto who did it. But even if if you look uh, if you look uh, um, at some of the clips that you have been seeing, um, when members of parliament were going were going around their rural constituencies, most of them avoid talking about the issue of the finance bill. Because they know, kwa ground ni kumoto. Kijaribu kuongea manuna finance bill, chances are you will meet the wrath of the people. So I, for members of parliament, one of the things I, I uh, they will be hoping will come out of this finance bill is they want to see the houses being built. Because if you don't see those houses, there is nothing you're going to tell the electorate. And please note, the members of parliament also have opponents on the ground. Who are now using your vote? If you voted yes, they're they're using it as um, fodder to show that you are not in touch with reality. I mean, it's still early days. Uh, we are still far away from 2027, and presently we're only seeing Gidunguri member of parliament, Gadoni Wamushomba, who has come out to be the face of the opposition within government because she strongly opposed the finance bill 2023, terming it as, if if I correctly remember. Scandalous, oppressive, and punitive. Are we likely to see some other members of parliament in the Kenya Kwanzaa coalition later coming out and distancing themselves from some of the legislative agenda that will be brought in the House? Because now clearly President William Bruto has the numbers and anything that he wants to be passed in parliament, he can use his numbers in parliament to have to have them passed. 
But until then, are we going? Is there a possibility, a likelihood, some, for some members of parliament to join their colleague Gathonu Mushomba in opposing some of the things that will be brought by President William Ruto on the floor of the National Assembly I think and even the Senate? I think there there was a member of parliament. There was a member of parliament from uh, from Kabuchai. There was a member of parliament from Kabuchai who actually said he will not he will not be dictated to on what to say and he just decided that he's going to vote with the way the people have have decided but is it really going to is this going to spur um a moment of of consciousness within the the Kenya Kwanzaa coalition i think at some point yes but the one thing that um the president and uh, the the deputy have in their favor is some of the member members of parliament that they have in their in their fold are are very young politically yeah so they are, they they have not yet learned the ropes on on what happens on can i actually say no and i'll leave tomorrow so you see uh wamushomba knows um because at one point she almost she was almost um she almost faced a recall yeah uh in her first term yeah, yeah. but she survived because, increment, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. the the party came to her rescue yeah but you see if you are if you are first timer and you're still young and you're told by the way, if you don't vote like this, we are going to to eject you from all committees, and we'll keep you in the, in the political cold. Yeah, it kind of scares you. Okay, Lavan, mm-hmm. we will wait and see if uh, <laughs> we will have some bold members of parliament from Kenya Kwanzaa coalition. I think coalition. it's going to be one of those things that it goes um, on a case to case basis. Okay, because in a couple in in the next um, what next two years. There are going to be issues that will be more or less calling on your conscience for you to vote this way or that way. Absolutely. Yeah. Final question on this one, Laban. Tomorrow is a big day for the Azimio coalition and uh, we are anticipating that they will be making some major announcements regarding the upcoming actions. So in the past, they have issued a threat that they will resume with street demonstrations come July 3rd if the bill is passed. It has already been passed and it has been assented into law. So if they do follow through with their threat and continue with the protest, what positive outcomes really can be expected from all these? And will it exact enough pressure on the government to reconsider and abandon the implementation of certain provisions in the bill? I think by the president um, signing the uh, the law, um, the bill into law, the uh, that boat of the, pre- the the government will abandon something has already sailed. Yeah. Um, so what are they playing for now? I think their best card is on what do you call it on with the courts. Okay. Yeah, it's with the courts, and I think I, I've not seen it, but I think it it's only Okiom Tata. Yeah, the, uh, Tata, and there are actually some human rights bodies yeah, which yeah, have also yeah. gone to court, and also the Azimio team um, had some members of parliament who went to court on Friday, and they were supposed to have gone back today, but we didn't get that development on what happened to that particular issue, but on. Uh, the president deciding that he will tank his own his own ambition i don't see it 
Okay, we mm. wait and see for that. Uh, it will be happening tomorrow in Kamukunji grounds. Mm. We shall be definitely keep, keeping you uh, up to date with whatever pronou- pr- uh, pronouncements will be made by the Azimir leadership, the top price of Azimir. Our final discussion, Laban, it is about the Ocean Gate disaster where the world was treated to minute-by-minute coverage of the adventure by the five billionaires who went to the ocean in pursuit of uh, the viewing of the Titanic boat Mm -hmm. that sank back in 1912. But unfortunately, the billionaires never managed to come out uh, from their adventurous mission, Laban. From you as Laban, when you look at the whole issue of these billionaires going down there on the ocean and uh, uh, aboard this submersible uh, vehicle which apparently was being controlled remotely, mm-hmm. what runs through your head? Curiosity. Curiosity. I, I, if I had, if I had that kind of money and I had that opportunity, um, I think I would, I would, but I would, uh, I would ask for a, f- a few more safeguards. Um, but I think it's just that thing: curiosity, and you want to be the first person to, to achieve that goal, of going, going that deep to see the Titanic. Yeah, I think it was just curiosity. I think there are many issues which have come out from this story. The issue of safety, the issue of preparedness, the issue of whether the bereaved families should now sue the ocean company. But that aside, Leban, mm-hmm. the, the tragedy has exposed the world's hypocrisy considering the resources and the attention that uh, it was given. Compare that with the 700 people who sunk in a boat in Greece. And the former U.S. President Barack Obama is on record saying that the situation, the, 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 the Ocean Gate situation and the attention it got, the minute-by-minute coverage, is really unattainable. Do you agree? And is, is, is this a good time to say that uh, world leaders, world countries, it's, it's just about hypocrisy, Levin? Um, I agree with the fact that it was given um, more publicity. Yeah, but how do you? I I honestly don't know how else the the um, I don't know if it's an a Western world kind of thing going on, because I remember the first time that I I I heard of that story. I was actually listening to it on, on, on radio and they said, I heard them say there was a billionaire and his son. And then I was thinking, why were the billionaires and their, why is the billionaire and this a Pakistani billionaire and, a son and his son on a, sh- on a migrant ship? Then when the conversation continued, it's when I realized, no, they are talking about something else. And then the conversation throughout the week shifted from the migrant ship that no one knows what happened to it and who were on board and where they are anymore. Everyone is focusing on the question of was it safe for these guys to have gone to have gone um, to have been allowed to to take that plunge. And the funny thing is, the safety question is being asked about this uh, the submarine, 
and the same safety questions are being asked about the um, the the ship that basically sank of the 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 shores of Greece same questions where were the authorities why didn't they sto- uh, why did why weren't they stopped could anything could anything could have, was it, would there anything would have been done to stop um to stop that disaster same questions but we are getting more answers from this side rather than from Greece now on the sub uh, the submarine side you're you're seeing the Canadian transport authority coming in you're seeing the US coast guard coming in and and basically asking that question who allowed these guys to go in and this is coming on the backdrop of revelations that the CEO of Ocean Gate or someone in Ocean Gate had actually been warned on numerous occasions that your your vessel is not up to par to do that to perform that mission and at some point they decide they the company decided to try and sue whoever was saying that on this other side you are hearing reports from the Greek coast guard basically stating that this is what this is what we tried to do and it didn't happen and then there are counter stories of actually the greek coast guard did not do what is suppo- is expected of them to do when a sinking a sinking vessel is is is, is in distress so at the end of the day um uh, the one thing that might come out is on one on one case we will see someone being held accountable and on another case it will be just another bad day in the office so even as the investigations continue to unravel and to take the directions in whichever way they will take may the assaults of the five billionaires continue to rest in and the 700 and, and of course and i was getting there Levin. <laughs> i was getting there may the may the souls of the five billionaires and the 700 migrants who died in, in the greece boat tragedy may their souls rest in peace but for us thank you very much and thank you Laban and uh, you can catch up on the latest episode as well as the previous episodes of the Global Digest on Capital FM SoundCloud page or anywhere else you access your podcasts from thank you very much for tuning in and listening to us 